The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, this is Ken Rashan. Welcome. We are in the D.C. area. I'm actually about to head to the airport to go to San Diego to um, support an event on Wealth Mastery, and I'm looking forward to that. And before I head out, I was so excited to bring on a phenomenal guest, a very multi-talented guest. His name is A.J. Playden, and he is a leader, a humanitarian, um, a hypnosis guru, as well as a magician. Hey, A.J., how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Really glad to be with you. Uh, you know, I met you a, a few months ago, and from uh, from that very moment, that first introduction, uh, it's been you know, we we've ran into each other several times, and it's been always good talking with you. So I'm sure today is going to be uh, no exception and pretty awesome as well. Well, I was so happy to see you at Harvard, uh, the Harvard Faculty Club, the uh, Clint Arthur event <laughs> this weekend because. It, it seems like you shift an event somehow because I know that there's a lot of power in an event, but it's, it's certain people that actually bring energy to the event that makes it explosive. And I'd like to think when I go to an event that I, I bring that type of um, dimension to it. But I've always noticed that the events that you go to, there's like this extra oomph and you bring it from a standpoint that you really are sourcing uh, from what I gather for people to actually have their dreams come true, have the ultimate uh, power. And I say that also from the standpoint that my very first hypnosis was done by you. And it was only uh, literally a day after I met you and you granted me the gift of actually bringing me out to your house and, and working with me. And it wasn't a gift that was uh, a very small amount of time. I think we spent almost three hours together and you spent an hour really getting to know me before you really uh, looked at how you could help me get my mindset in the right place. And, I have to tell you, I, I, I think I've shared with you how appreciative I am, but I haven't shared with you how much of a difference it's made. I have had people tell me that the way my voice is being, has come through, the way my being has come through, and just the attraction that I'm, I'm bringing, it is really the difference of whether you are in scarcity or whether you're in massive abundance when your mindset's correctly shifted. And that day that you worked on me, if there was any doubt in my mind, what happened after that was that I attracted some of the biggest contracts I've ever gotten in my life. I, I have, uh, I recently did a $50,000 contract, which was, it wasn't even in my vocabulary, AJ. So to do a $50,000 mm-hmm. contract blows me away. So I just want to acknowledge you and say that the work you do is not only the real deal, but that 
you are actually the ultimate example of someone that actually can create abundance and ridiculous abundance because when you have your mind set shifted so that you can attract it and be it, you actually will do it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you know, nowadays I tend to only do, you know, private hypnosis sessions with my direct members of my community, and so I'm not necessarily available to to everyone. And so when I do make myself available, I really need, you know, the way I say it is I need to either be, uh, you know, paid either, you know, with, with money, which right now just for my members, or inspiration, and meeting you, you inspired me and to want to, you know, go outside of my normal guidelines and say, okay, here's a person that has a chance to make a difference in the world. I see his energy, and he's putting himself out there, but more for the service of others, and so I know when I help you um, that you'll help the world, and so uh, it, was a, it was an absolute pleasure and, um, uh, to be able to work with someone like you. Well, I was out of integrity or in something uh, a year ago around Father's Day. I, I went to an event called The Gentleman Project out in Salt Lake City, and I made a promise to myself that I'd write a book to my son. And it was funny, but after the mindset work that I did with you, whether you call it hypnosis or mindset work, I prefer to call it mindset because that, that was my result, sure. is that I created upon myself that I was out of integrity, and I created a book for my son in eight days, and I've had... Every single person that's received this book it, it says it's, it's, not, it's not flawless, it's not perfect, but they said it's very inspirational and really, um, it, it was a very clean, uh, it was a very clean communication about what fatherhood means. Oh, that's awesome. That's really <laughs> but awesome. I think, I think that came out of the work that I, I did on multiple levels. One is that when you asked me to think of what makes me happy, I thought about my son. When you asked me to uh, think about you know, what I want to do to make a difference in the world is that I want to cause leadership, but I also want my son to be a leader. And all these things, um, I, I just can't tell you how much that, that session has changed my life and how it's going to have a ripple effect. And so I'm indebted to you forever, and I, I plan on returning it because I think the thing that, I, I, that you got out of this was I was uncomfortable accepting this gift without actually being able to articulate how I was going to pay it back or how I was going to make sure you you didn't feel like you were being used for a session, but actually partnering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, you know, at the same time, um, it, well, you know, at the, world, the world in general, I think, needs to really learn how to give more than it, than it receives, you know, to give, you know, be very giving. However, uh, the people I meet tend to be just the opposite, because they're already very giving, and what they need to learn is how to receive so that they can give more. They keep giving, giving, depleting what they have, and pretty soon they really can't give that much. And so uh, I think the lesson uh, is for at least the people I come around really has more to do with the lessons of receiving, and, you know, and that's what I want to do with you. I want to, you know, just, just get that you deserve to to uh, to receive to be supported uh, with with you know without any expectations and at the same time you know uh, I have a there's a phrase I call gracious entitlement you know where we're entitled to be treated well but we're also very gracious and we say thank you and we and we do give back to the world along with it so awesome working well, with you 
Thank you. And I'm going to ask, a, I guess, kind of a non-tangent, I mean, the question is going to be off-tangent. So we were just at Harvard, <laughs> and I was just uh-huh. thinking, based on the, what you just shared, there were 107 people there that spoke their heart, spoke for five minutes, paid an enormous investment in order to have that opportunity to be heard. And I was wondering, out of 107 names, do you recall any of the names that actually just touch your heart at another level that you'd like to just give a shout out to? Um, yeah, let's see. Um, I, I really like Rico. Um, what was his last name? Forgive me. <laughs> uh, well, no, we can actually, put that Rico's, on... we can put Rico's information in the tag. Just tell, say yeah. what it was that Rico shared that was so yeah. moving to so, you. You know, he had, a, he was a, a fighter pilot and, um, he, he, gave one of the more, not necessarily like touch my heart, but gave me a really like practical way of looking at things. He talked about everything comes down to two choices. It's either this or that. It comes down to the choices you made. And it was a really like practical, super simple idea that when you, that uh, when coming to awareness uh, could really make a big difference for people. And so I really liked, I really liked uh, what he had to say. Uh, let's see. Boy, there, there were so Well, before you go really to that, I'll, I'll just say his last name was Rakowski, and he okay. was a, yeah. an amazing, gentle soul. You could, when you experience him, you experience someone that actually wants to make such a difference in the world, they just resonate that energy to you. So um, I just wanted to share that part of I agree with you totally. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for covering for me. <laughs> Um, let's see. Boy, there were, there were a lot. Of can I, can know, I give you one? Can I give you one while you think? A bunch of pe- um, yeah, yeah. Raul, Raul Garuda. Remember Raul? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, came like- to this uni- he came to the United States with $7. And his game is to raise $500 million for, char- uh, for causes and charities. And he actually has the business model that allows for people to save money and take part of the savings and put it towards the charity of their choice. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. smile and his eyes, <laughs> could you think of a person that has almost more angelic qualities than him? I mean, he was really crazy beautiful. Yeah. Well, how about all the ladies uh, from Singapore, you know? and uh, they, they, they were actually, they, were they really... stole the show. I mean, admittedly, they stole the show. And um, yeah, I think it was in the Bell. One after another, after another. Well, Nabella was interesting uh, about them. Yes, it was because they were housewives and they decided together to come from Singapore, which I believe is 30 hours, if I recall, to come to Harvard and share their message. And uh, tell me what you think about my summation. Uh, I mean, expanded is a better way to put it. They, they once stated that they were bullied and uh, basically um, made fun of because of their looks. And then another one was uh, uh, made a mother and left to to figure it all out on her own at a very young age. And all these women rose to be leaders. All, and I think it was six of them, mm-hmm. right? Six or seven? Yeah. So go ahead and expand on that. I, well, I, I know, know I, I might have stolen the, 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 the actual topic, but go ahead and just expand from there. Yeah, well, you know, what I saw was what was amazing about them is they were, well, quite frankly, uh, they were the underdogs that won the, you know, they, they were the Rockies, you know, because they come from very timid backgrounds, very ordinary backgrounds or very repressed 
backgrounds and have very repressed stories about, you know, being the, uh, you know, it broke my heart when the one le- uh, lady, you know, said, you know, who, who am I? I'm just a fat, ugly pig. It's like, <gasps> yep. you know, it's like just, you know, but then she turns that around in her story. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's it's the um, it, it was just fantastic to see these non-professionals just making a stance and proving to the world it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, that you can make a difference in the world, right? And, and that's why they stole the show, because they were vulnerable, even in their own five minutes of fame on the stage, because they shared not only the pain that they went through, but they relived it. And you could feel it mm-hmm. yourself in, in your seat. I mean, right now I'm even getting a little choked up because I can actually hear their story, uh, especially the woman that said, I, was, I asked my, my uh, child, because I don't remember if it was his son or daughter, I asked my child um, about their, uh, who I am, and, and the child says, you're my daddy, and this is a woman, and, and yeah. or, you're my father, you're my father, and then she says, I'm your father, and you said, yeah, and you're my mother. So she had to play both roles, and it was, I, I heard um, a, kind of a, a consistent message at, at Harvard. There was 107 speakers there, but tell me if I'm accurate in this. It was roughly 20 to 30 that said their father left the mother. Is that right? Roughly? That about I mean, okay. Yeah. Well, what I got out of that is that all of them were caused in two different ways to either create significance because they didn't feel like they were enough or to choose to conquer the demon of being left behind. Like, n- not, they, like one is a positive, one's a negative, but they both actually result in the same thing, which is that these people have become great people, great leaders, uh, great voices for why uh, fathers should stay connected to the family, why uh, kids that are left by their father can actually make great things happen. It was a really beautiful message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like you said, it really came down to there's a shift in mindset from that, from that time of being a victim to, you know, not, not mattering to saying, you know what, um, all odds against me, I'm still going to swing the bat anyway, and they did it, and it was awesome. You know, that reminds me of a story Tony Robbins uh, shares, uh, and I haven't been to Tony Robbins' event since probably the mid-'90s, but he said... Two guys, uh, two, uh, two soldiers in Vietnam both get shot. They both lose their leg. One goes to alcohol and drugs and basically says, woe is me. The other one says, how lucky I am. The bullet only took my leg, and I still have my body, I have my mind, and I can create great things, and they did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very interesting. Well, Malcolm, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell goes into the, uh, the story of... When someone has uh, dyslexia, for instance, there's more people at high position jobs that have dyslexia than any other per capita, and it's because they had to overcome the impossible, yet the, the father or mother that has dyslexia would never wish that upon their kid because it was so hard for them to overcome, but they overcame it by thinking outside the box and by actually taking the challenge on and beating something that is really... I, I can't even imagine having dyslexia. Can you imagine reading and not knowing... Which words, letters go which way to actually get the message to come together? 
Yeah. You know, um, it also reminds me of the saying, you know, when it's snowing, some people freeze to death and other people, they go skiing. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, oh, there was the, um, I, I just remembered the, there was Graham, Graham Rowan. And uh, he was talking about, he was the uh, older guy from the UK that was talking about, you know, people don't have a financial. finance challenge. They have a financial literacy challenge. They're right. just not educated about it, you know. Uh, they don't understand amazing. how it works. And just the way that uh, he framed it, uh, you know, for me on that day was uh, one of the best presentations. And, um, and yeah, that was really good. That's very interesting you say that because really when you had 107 people where 106 of them were the audience and one person got to go on stage, it's interesting that the 106 uh, fed the speaker amazing energy, but how each person probably related to a different person and it fed them. So I agree with you. Graham was uh, definitely a favorite of mine. He wasn't my favorite, but he was, he was actually on point because financial illiteracy is actually one of the biggest causes of why people are in financial pain because they don't know how to save. They don't know how to invest. They don't know how to leverage opportunities. And they certainly don't know how to even uh, save or be, uh, avoid being taken advantage of. So I, I totally agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think as a whole, what made the event really awesome was that was the people there. And it's just that every single person there spoke. So therefore, you weren't just in a room full of experts. You were will- in a room full of experts who were willing to go under fire and put themselves in front of other people to say what they say. And again, you know, with people saying a uh, fear of public speaking being a, one of the uh, number one fears, th- this was, you know, a group of the most bold people out there, no matter what their background was. But, they, you know, the thing they had in common is that they were bold enough to say something out loud in front of other people. And, you know, how many people do that? That's a high-quality group. Uh, I agree. I would only disagree with one point. I don't think there was any under fire in that room. I think it was so much love that you got the best. Oh, yeah, yeah. In that room, there's no, no, no fire. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but the whole idea that you're putting yourself out into the public, because it's not just here. You know, they're, they're, they're wanting to put it out there into the world, right? Uh, of course. Well, let's, let's take a minute just to acknowledge the people that put us together for that event. So, first of all, Clint yeah. Arthur with his vision. He came up with mm-hmm. an idea to create a business expert forum where he brings experts into a space that has a name to be reckoned with. So the Harvard Faculty Club is on the University of Harvard, and it is a place that he actually uh, put together the agreement so that people had a, uh, a place that they could actually have the uh, insignia of Harvard and have five minutes mm-hmm. to share their message and videotaped by a a world-class production crew, the kind of production crew that works for television stations, and get that video, as well as the people in the audience being able to learn over and over again about things they may not be aware of or things that they can actually support. Would you agree with that? That That's right on. And then uh, Clint Arthur's wife, Ali Savich, and Timothy, they, they really worked their butts off, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I they, love the they fact that... They took a lot of effort to make sure that everyone got the respect and 
and treatment and uh, notoriety that they all deserved. And, and, uh, and that's a lot of people to, do, to keep focus on. So, you know, uh, I've been doing live seminar events for 30 years, and so I know what it takes and seeing what they, were, what they did, um, much respect to them. Well, I think they shattered a record on customer service because to have 107 people invest the amount of money that was invested and have an unlimited, unconditional customer service policy that whenever you call, you will be taken care of so that when you come to the event, you will actually perform at your highest level. That is just a statement that you cannot make about many events or offers or opportunities like this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really very unique. Yeah, yeah, really good. I wanted to just add one more thing, and then I wanted to ask you a question about uh, how you got where you are. So I want to acknowledge uh, Timothy uh, Johnson, because Timothy Johnson was really one of the people that helped uh, produce, sell, and support this event at a level I had never seen an event done. Uh, when I did this event last year, it was about 57 people, and I think Timothy partnering with Clint really allowed the event to blossom uh, to almost a double situation, and I don't think the quality went, went down one bit. If anything, it went higher. And I think if they wanted to, they could do this a couple times a year. I think they could even do this for possibly three days. I'm not sure you know, what the model looks like at three days, but I was never tired uh, from a standpoint of learning. I was never tired from a standpoint of the energy people gave me, and I was certainly never tired from the conversations I had with leaders there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Tim Johnson was just amazing, uh, really connecting, you know, people together, making sure people were taken care of. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a, a person that realized he was responsible for a lot of people being there. And because he knew he was responsible, he took care of them. And so that, to me, is a... You know, a person that follows through uh, like that is uh, uh, a good person. I agree with you. And, and I think beyond a good person, a person that follows through, I think he's a person that calls you on your BS and makes you realize your full potential and your full power because he doesn't play games. If you are giving excuses, you're going to have him take off the gloves and basically let you know that you need to play the game you're supposed to be playing, not the game you're trying to hide from. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's one person I think we, not that we, but that I would like to add to the mix of people that inspired me, and then I would like to ask you to share a story. So first, um, Fantastic Frank. Yeah. He was trapped in, in a fire. He was carried on a body bag. And he had massive damage to his brain, and he has made, really, without being cliche, a fantastic comeback to stand on stage and probably get the longest and the most standing ovations of any of the five minutes that were uh, speakers up there. I believe he got a minimum of two standing ovations, and they were quite lengthy. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was uh, really awesome. Um, I got a chance, I was at the airport and I sent him uh, a text, you know, the day, a couple of days after and just telling him how, you know, how much I really enjoyed it. And uh, as soon as I sent him that text, immediately, ring, you know, I get a ring and, and got a chance to talk to him and uh, he, just really great about 
showing people, I guess, you know, his thing is about uh, everyone's a hero and, uh, you know, be, you know, be, let the superhero in you out, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a big fan of comic books, but it isn't just, doesn't have to be just in the books. It could be, you can be a real hero in real life. Totally agreed. And uh, I, I'm going to cheat and just uh, share a little bit of his bio. He's the world's first and only different, able, inspirational speaker. He's motivated to inspire millions. I mean, that's how many people can say they've inspired millions, and you can tell that he has. And uh, he was the only one, I think, dressed in costume. I mean, from a standpoint of really being <laughs> in a costume you could go out on Halloween. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and I love that phrase. I've never heard that. Differently enabled. You know, while right. other people might say this person's disabled, no, this, he doesn't see him as disabled. He's just, they're able in a different way than you are. <laughs> you know, so well, it's differently enabled. Isn't that I cool? talked to Frank. Did you talk, you talked to him, I'm guessing, right? Yes. So he's very, his brain is fantastically alert his ability to get his thoughts to process and get them out um, probably is just different. I don't think it's really inhibited. I think it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And everyone fell in love with him. So he is actually the proof that no matter where you are in the world, if you want to make a difference, you will be well received because your intention will be so clear that people embrace it, support it. And, you know, he's one of those guys that I would sponsor to be in an event like this because he needs his voice to be heard. Uh, not, not just the anything that's possible, but that we all are superheroes. Mm-hmm. I loved it when he said, how many of you feel like you're a superhero? And everyone raised their hand. He goes, uh, wait a second. <laughs> you weren't supposed to all raise your hand now. It's supposed to be later in my presentation. But that's how strong this group was because in a normal group, I don't think that many people would raise their hand and say they're a superhero because they'd be inhibited to say, I'm doing great things in the world. Not that they're not, that they're not but that they don't but even you know, acknowledge it. At the are. same time, you know, the moment Fantastic Frank takes the stage, even before you hear something about him, he, he lifts up the room immediately. So it's like, you know, even though we were in a room full of exceptionally awesome people, um, just looking at him makes me feel like a hero. It's like I see him and look, he's in that costume and he's willing to do that. It's like, you know, he, he makes me feel good about myself just looking at him. <laughs> well, well, you know, AJ, we actually spend so much time talking about everything but you. We're going to come back on the next break <laughs> and we're going to talk about only you and what you've done to actually okay. get where you are today. Can you please share how people can reach out to you uh, by social media or uh, website or phone? And then we're going to take a break. Sure. Uh, on Facebook, uh, well, just the website, ajpueden.com, uh, as well as Facebook. So I'll spell my last name. It's A, well, first name, A-J, last name, P-U-E-D-A-N, from the Spanish word puede, which is mean, meaning they are able. So ajpueden, P-U-E-D-A-N.com, or on Facebook. Great. So we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to share your story, as well as some of the things you've done to overcome your obstacles to get where you are today. You got it. Be 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrella syndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Hello, this is Ken Rashawn. Welcome back to the second half. We are with A.J. Clayton. And what an extraordinary person. If uh, you couldn't tell, that was hyperspeed, 28 minutes of the first segment. Was it really 28 minutes, A.J.? Because I think that was only three minutes they gave us. And I think uh, something happened to the other 20-something. <laughs> you know, time transcends when you're having fun. It certainly does. And you know what? Uh, as a DJ, I actually sell my service with, you're actually hiring me to have people forget about time so they don't think about leaving the event. <laughs> so that was well stated. Mm-hmm. So you do events. Well, you know, at the break, we were talking about how we've only known each other really just a couple of months, but it feels like we've known each other a really long time. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a, a phenomenon I call time transcension. It's it's uh, one of the elements that is done in the mindset work that I do and, and, and hypnosis that I do, you know, where uh, time really doesn't have a relevance. It feels both long and super short at exactly the same time. That's amazing. Well, can I, can I share something I learned today that is related to this and will maybe even impress okay. you a little bit? You might even go wow at the end of it. I had one of my meetings today come in. Okay, I wanted to make sure I had permission first. So, <laughs> so I had a meeting uh, today with uh, Sean Callahan. Sean Callahan is a really interesting guy. He 
he likes to spend time with thought leaders. He doesn't have to work a day in his life because he's actually created such abundance and had a life plan uh, that, w- that was executed so perfectly that he actually is able to do the two things he wants to do, which is spend time with his partner, his wife of 30 years, and, and actually um, spend time with his son, Jack. And he shared with me, I, I don't remember the person's name he dropped, but he said, I'm working with someone right now. We're dropping um, a studio audio book about not time management, but energy management. And he says, time management is time management. I mean, everyone knows about it, but energy management is how you actually use your energy uh, in a way that doesn't cheat the, the world or cheat yourself of what you can actually create. And then also how our energy gets sucked up by negative stuff, which actually removes energy that takes it away from us being powerful. So he was talking about how we hack life and um, like get a Red Bull to, to get a, a jolt of energy or how we miss our daughter's um, recital, ballerina recital, and we send flowers, you know, instead to kind of shortcut the energy and, and how these different energies actually uh, either cheat us from massive results or how they actually can be created to be really great results. What do you think of that? You know, um, yeah, I, I can see how, you know, th- we really are kind of cheating cheating things uh, so that we're not getting that full experience. And, um, you know, it's, it's a balance. And, you know, it's one of those things that in this uh, kind of complicated, busy, busy world, it's a little bit easier said than done for some. And, uh, you know, that's why I really like, you know, the coaching process. I teach coaches and I have coaches. I think everyone should have a coach. And uh, we need friends, like, you know, uh, in, in a community like you, what you and I have been hanging out around to help us, you know, keep in track and making sure that we have that balance and that we don't get lazy and that we do do everything. Well, I'm going to ask you a question that I would be asking normally in the first segment, probably in the first five or ten minutes. So um, I apologize for the delay of this question, but really the full circle is at what point in your life did you realize that you wanted to be who you are today and how did that actually happen? Well, uh, just, just for clarity for the audience, uh, let me just say a few things about what I, what I do so they can get the context uh, as I tell the, sto- uh, tell the quick story. Um, you know, to, uh, I, I run a, my company, uh, Success Coach Academy, uh, is a curriculum to help people become like the ultimate success coach. And it starts off by teaching them coaching skills, the actual skills of being a coach. Then we help them um, upgrade their skills and uh, make a deeper impact by teaching them uh, hypnosis or you know, deeper subconscious mindset work. Uh, and then they want to go out and tell the world, so then we do a speaker training with the person, and yet they also need to be able to make big changes fast, so we have this thing called the, the uh, ultimate breakthrough experience as well. And all that kind of really started with uh, when I was at the age of 14. Um, and at 14, I grew up in Escondido, San Diego uh, area. You know, my dad was uh, in the Navy, my mom a nurse, and two older sisters, and as I was at 14, I'm entering high school, a whole new world, uh, not much different than, you know, uh, someone going from, you know, working for someone for a long time and then all of a sudden becoming an entrepreneur or just kind of forced into a whole new world. And uh, during that time, it wasn't all that great for me. Uh, I felt very insignificant. I felt like I didn't matter. And, uh, you know, that 
things were just going to get worse. And pretty, pretty much, uh, I can sum it by saying I felt like I was invisible to the world. Um, I was last chair clarinet player. I was voted most quiet. Um, I, I even had a counselor that I would speak to in the evenings, and as I was telling her how I felt invisible and that no one noticed me, on three separate occasions, she actually fell asleep while I was talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Nice. No <laughs> joke. Her name was Anne. <laughs> anyway, um, so as a result of all that, I was on antidepressants, and I was, you know, I was suicidal. And uh, so 14 years old, uh, kind of, you know, young to be taking things so seriously, and yet um, that, uh, you know, that's what I was doing. And my mom went to a seminar, and she, said, and she took me along with her. At 14, I went to the sales seminar, and I didn't sell houses. I didn't sell, you know, the waterbeds like everyone else in that room. So I learned something different. I learned communication. And I learned how I learned how I saw a man get positive attention, and so I learned to sell hope to myself. And um, I'll never forget, uh, or should I say, I'll always remember. At the end of that event, the speaker, uh, as I was walking out the door, said, "AJ, wait, stop." He goes, "I want to talk to you. Can we talk next week? Because I think you and I are supposed to be doing some things together." And, you know, I told you I was feeling like I was the invisible kid. Well, at that moment, he saw me, and that changed my life. That, that saved my life. And so uh, I took the information I learned at that point and decided to help others. I went back to school, and because I was the invisible kid, I could see all the other invisible kids. And when I could walk up to another kid and say, I see you, and a kid I hardly even know, and they would cry because they finally felt, felt seen. It was, at that point I knew that there was something there and, and, and my life was changing. Life was starting to move in a direction, a new direction. And so, uh, you know, what I understand my why is today for myself and for other people is to let people know, I see you, you and I matter. We are amazing and the world needs to see us. And so, you know, I continuously, uh, you know, from high school went from that last year clarinet player to getting the most inspirational award in the entire school, I'm still doing that today. You know, pe adults who have been in the workplace feeling like they haven't been very significant, I'm giving them the skill sets, you know, to let their amazingness come out, and then I'm teaching them the speaker skills so that the world can see it. And um, that uh, really kind of it has been my passion, um, you know, since, since I was uh, 15 years old. You know, uh, at 15, I said, this is what I want to do for a living, and, and I'm still doing it 30 years later. That's beautiful, AJ. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the most beautiful messages I've heard. I, I would challenge to say that most kids feel the way you do, though. In some way, shape, or form, I, I think a yes, lot of kids. Yes, I would. Yeah, so a lot of kids have a moment, at least a moment, if not more moments, of that they don't matter, and so what does it matter if they take their life? Right. You know, the, the, I mean, there's one thing time. that used to drive me crazy as a kid was hearing someone use a statement like, "Oh, all he wants is attention. Just ignore him. All he wants is attention." It's like, yes, and I'm willing to risk my life for it. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so don't ignore them. Like, you know, they, they, there's a need and they're asking for what they want and what they need. They, they need love. They need to be seen. They need to know that they matter. And it's not just, I'm sure there's probably many kids that have felt that way. And yet it's not just kids. It's also adults, you know, they, when they're uh, in that job, in that where they're not being fulfilled, you know, like, you know, no one sees them and they're not doing anything and they, they really need to, and they don't think they can do anything. They need to know that they can do something uh, and that there are options. Well, you give me a lot of chills in the last couple minutes because I was just thinking about, I can't think of one person that's not great that doesn't identify one key moment or two key people that said, you matter, I believe in you. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I, I, mean, I think, um, yeah, people have uh, those people in their lives. Uh, you know, just to give you another, you know, quick short story, um, you know, from that event that I went to, I went on to become like the school magician, you know, and, uh, you know, magic was a, was a big deal uh, to me. It was kind of like my identity to a teen. You know, once you find your identity, that's who you are. And that means everything. Well, you know, there was this concert where I got to perform in front of the entire school. And, um, and you know, if I was playing an instrument and I played the wrong note, okay, they may or may not hear that, but as a magician, popping your head out of a trap door when you're not supposed to, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I stepped up and yet I failed in the worst way possible and it just devastated me. And uh, I wanted to just, like, end my life right there and wanted to quit school. And, you know, and I had my, my good friend whose name is also AJ. You know, he, uh, I was walking to the parking lot, and he tackled me and took my car keys away. And uh, he saved my life that day. And then uh, a week later, uh, the director came in and said, you know, AJ, you know, there was, a, there was two shows, and I messed up on the first show, but I came back for the second. He said, AJ... I knew that you would come back for the second show because you're an entertainer and that's what entertainers do. And that really defined me at that moment to realize, oh my gosh, you know, like the whole world could come crashing down around me like none of it matters anymore except if there's a show, I'm going to show up. And all of a sudden, now I know I can count on myself for something and that, re- that was really a good defining moment for me. It gave me a, uh, something to remember, something to, to identify with, and to have confidence with uh, for the rest of my life. And so, you know, to AJ Ashley, my, my best friend in high school, and uh, Mr. Steven Insko, who helped define me, uh, you know, those were really great, important moments. Well, two things came to mind as a result of you sharing that. One is... It's really dangerous, you know, what we make things mean, especially with negative, because it's not true. It's just what we make them mean. Um, mm-hmm. And we have to be careful about that, that type of feeding that because it's, it's not true, right? You're right. And, and, and the second thing And, and that's is why I like the, the mindset work that I do now, you know, because, uh, you know, it was, you know, it, I was in that place to where all I could see was the negative and being able to shift that to something positive, um, I, I didn't just need, you know, a fish. I, I, I need to learn how to fish. I need to learn how to master that. 
And so that's what I've done. I've, I've studied the personal development. I learned and I taught it and I started bringing it out into the world and started teaching and doing that. And so, you know, I, I feel like, and I'll, I'll still continue that, you know, the rewards and the gifts that I was blessed with a, a new mindset and a new life, um, you know, I'm passing on to other people, you know, help it. Uh, I know, I know that I've saved many lives, uh, with my stories and my talks and direct work and it's kind of a pay it forward type of thing. And I'll continue to do that. I I think everyone should really be prepared. It is mental life skills, you know, just as you need to learn how to take care of yourself and, you know, and, and and work or take, you know, uh, cook or, you know, just, just essential life skills. I think everyone should learn them. Well, I think, based on this conversation we're having, the biggest gift I could give you is I understand you have one book. Is that correct? Is it's a Kindle book? Uh, well, I actually have, uh, uh, three books out yet. Uh, two are currently out of print. <laughs> and so, uh, okay. uh, you know, there's, yeah, sold, sold out and I actually have plans for about, you know, three other books to come out. But right now, uh, there is one available on Kindle, which is called uh, uh, Training for Coaches by A.J. Poyden, uh, P-U-E-D-A-N. And um, it actually talks about the skill sets of coaching. You know, today, everyone all of a sudden just says, okay, today I'm a coach. Well, if you want to be a teacher, you don't just say, hey, today I'm a teacher, you know, and go apply at your local high school. <laughs> you know, you actually had to go to school to learn how to be a teacher, and so, you know, just because a person, what, you know, did a million dollars in real estate doesn't mean they know how to teach you how to make a million dollars in real estate. They might have great real estate investor skills, but they might have horrible teaching skills, you know? And so, co- so training for coaches is about the skill sets, raising the value and the quality of the coach that, that can make a difference in people's lives. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was just going to tomorrow be a professional soccer player and play in Olympics in Rio. So that saved me a little bit of uh, actually unrealization, right? You know, it's it's funny because (laughs) coaches have the worst reputation next to teachers because of that, is that someone goes to school for 14 years and then they decide, hey, I'm going to get certified to teach. Well, they're teaching actually what they were a student. So I, I agree with you. I think... You have to go and live life, excel at life, win at life, and then go back and get certified to teach. Just like you have to be a coach from a standpoint that you excel, you substantiate that you are a leader, and then learn how to actually teach it and coach it. So I'm glad you brought that up in this conversation because there's too many people that are coaching what is not possible. Like I love it when I meet someone that's a relationship coach, and I go, you know, how's your marriage? And I go, oh, I'm single. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, how do you teach that, right? And, and yet you could teach how someone else could have a great marriage and not be married, but the point is it's really a lot easier if you show from role modeling that you are an example of what you teach. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely must at least be in the process. You know, um, you know for example... Uh, someone helping someone else lose weight and, you know, uh, if the person is overweight and isn't doing anything about it, well, then that's the wrong person to learn from. 
But if they're losing weight and, right. and they're in that process, well, then you can, you can almost respect, you know, at least respect them for, hey, they're walking their talk. They're saying you need to do this, and look, they're doing it as well. Well, I would like to say that I think I could return the favor to you for all the good you've done to me, and it has been uh, insurmountable. I, I think that what you did in Vegas and what's happened since then, and, and by the way, thank you so much because before I went to uh, speak on, at Harvard, I came up to you because I was the first speaker there, and I said, hey, do you have time to do a little mindset work on me? And I, I was so amazed by the fact that there was not even a second of hesitation. You said, sure. And you didn't give me like a one-minute, two-minute um, zoodoo voodoo. You actually came over and you really worked on me, and I really felt at the end of that work that I was ready to go on stage and deliver the best presentation I, I, I gave. I'm not sure if you saw it, but I'd like to hear... Oh, I did, and you killed it. You, did, you crushed it. You, you were awesome. <laughs> well, and by the way, I, I need to acknowledge that you helped me create and channel what I could deliver, and, and that's really the work of a coach. That's the work of uh, hypnosis. That's the work of mindset shift. So thank you, because I had so many people come up to me after that uh, speak speaking engagement and say, I want to work with you or tell me more or let's work together. So thank you. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, a time that you were actually challenged and you didn't know, like, what the next step was and how you overcame it. Um, well, you know, there was, um, back in uh, 2000, there was a time where, you know, I, I was already in the seminar business helping people, changing their lives and doing a lot of positive things. And yet I got out of balance. You know, I was, I was still young. So, you know, uh, I was very much into kind of like work and nothing else. Or, and as a result, um, I had many financial things and relationship things and physical things all happen to me all at the same time. And it really threw me for a loop, you know. And, um, and it got to a point to where I really... I couldn't care for myself, you know. Um, uh, I was walking the streets of uh, Las Vegas, you know, looking for the two ninety nine steak and eggs at 3 a.m. in the morning just because I felt aimless, you know. And, um, and what I did was re- realizing I couldn't take care of myself, quite frankly, was I said, I need someone to take care of me or tell me where to go and where to be. And so as an entrepreneur... The whole idea of going back to getting a job was, you know, kind of a, you know, a scary thing. And yet, uh, that's what I did. I, I moved to Florida. I got myself uh, a job within the same industry, which was really great. Um, and they told me, you know, you know, where to go, where to be, and, and I could do my industry because, and, and just kind of be, be kind to myself, be kind to myself. And yet, because of all the work that I've done, I did, um, it didn't stay that way for long, you know. Um, I, I think I kind of stayed in my pity party for probably a couple of months or so. But, uh, you know, within four months, um, I had quit that job and then uh, and, and decided just to open a company of my own. Now, at, at this point, I had always been in the industry but working for other people. And so this time it was me saying, AJ, in my place, you know, and... Um, and as, as I was telling you about kind of like being in that process, um, the whole fact that 
I started kind of like coaching some other people. Every time I told someone else something, well, then it was like holding me to the ultimate standard and that I had to be doing it too. And so I, I wasn't like a, hey, you know, I'm all successful. You need to do what I say. It was a, hey, I've got some insightful things. I'm going through a process, and if you want to change with me, let's do it together. And, um, and so that last time really was kind of like a, a, a really self-help type of thing. It was uh, uh, taking, taking some new steps uh, in my life to, to just kind of declare who I am to the world and, and start taking that step. So, it, so I had to do it myself. And it was by first getting a vision, you know, being kind to myself, forgiving myself for, for the, what I appeared to, to me as a failure in the past, uh, forgiving myself and then saying, okay, so what, now what, what's next? And keeping my eye and building a future. Well, I'll tell you, I wish we had more time because not only has this hour gone by so quickly, but it has been a time where I really wish I could extend because this audience needs to know you more. You are so committed to people actually so many realizing stories. their full potential. <laughs> I know. And so we're going to have you back. I'm going to have you in the book Amplified, uh, which is a book about my guests and how the golden nuggets they share in the, in the program actually show up. And I don't feel like we got all the golden nuggets out of you. So, why don't you share a quote that you live by or a couple quotes you live by and, and the contact information, and if there's time, I'm going to ask you one more question. So go ahead. Sure. Uh, you know, there's um, six questions that I'm going to uh, – that you should all write this down. So go get a pen and paper and write this down. So whenever I get stuck and I don't know what to do next, um, I ask myself these six questions, and it helps kind of self-guide my way uh, to, to new actions and new results. The first question I got to ask myself or ask yourself is, what do you want? Because until you want something, no action is taken, right? So you got to get clarity about what you want. Question number two is, what dangers might stop you from getting what you want? Now, I didn't say what obstacles or what resistance. I said what dangers because I want it to sound scary. This is something that can potentially stomp on your dreams, that can potentially prevent you from providing a lifestyle for your family or retirement in your older years. This is something dangerous. Before, you might have looked at it as a nuisance, as something you know, that you know, may or may not do something. But no, I want you to see it as dangerous so that you do something about it. So question two was, what dangers might stop you from getting what you want? Question number three is, what business skills do you need to develop in order to get what you want? You know, it might be accounting, it might be marketing, it might be sales, you know? What business skills do you need to develop to get what you want? Number four is, what personal skills do you need to develop to get what you want? It might be uh, uh, discipline, it might be smiling more, it might be how to be friendly more. You know, uh, there's some kind of personal skill that you need to develop. Question number five is uh, whose assistance are you going to need? Whose assistance? If you don't have what you want right now, it's likely that you're going to need help to get it. You know, so whose assistance? could be a single person or a group that can help you. Where can you ask for help? And the last question, number six, is probably one of the most profound questions. It, when I ask it, it's going to sound incredibly simple. And yet when you answer the, the, the last question, uh, it generally is one of the most powerful answers you'll get. 
And that is ask yourself this question. What would make everything easier? What would make everything easier? You, you put those six questions together and you'll have a clear picture about what you should do next in your life and in your business. AJ, I, I wish we had more time. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done for me and everything you do for so many people. I wanted to just say that if you want to read, reach AJ, you can reach him at AJ at AJPueden.com, A-J-P-U-E-D-A-N.com, or go to his website, AJPueden.com, same spelling. And he, has, he lives a philosophy that we each need to, someone in our corner guiding and cheering us on so we can find the true essence of our potential. And he is an amazing person for actually creating abundance in your life. So if you want to learn more about what events he has or you want to reach out to him, I strongly encourage you to do so because if you're not actually connecting with people like AJ, you're not living your full potential. AJ, you've been amplified and you are the most beautiful spirit. So thank you very much for being on the show. You are too. Thank you, Ken. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.